Hi everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast that talks about video game news stories and highlights. My name is Luke and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Games Are Fun. Games Are Fun is a weekly video game podcast where each week I talk about video games. Sometimes I'm talking about what's going on in the industry, some major news stories from the past week. And other times I'm talking to you guys about what games I have been playing and stuff like that. So if you like video games, you've come to the right show. Prepare to hear somebody ramble on about uh, video games for at least the next uh, half an hour. So uh, those of you who have listened to the show before, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show on whatever platform you listen to it on. Of course, Games Are Fun is available on iTunes. I guess it's Apple Podcasts now because iTunes is no longer uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major podcast services. All you got to do is search for Games Are Fun whatever podcast service you use and it should come up. Um, what we're going to talk about on today's show is, is I have a couple articles I wanted to talk about. The first is uh, about Media Molecule, the developer bef- behind the, the PS4 game Dreams, is wanting to pay small teams to make games for Dreams. Uh, so more on that in a little bit. I also have a report about Nintendo responding about the Joy-Con drifting. So there is this big complaint that a lot of Joy-Cons were experiencing some drifting from their analog sticks and Nintendo has responded and offered a solution for that. So I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, The Fortnite Special Edition Xbox One controller that came with the bundle is now available separately. So I'll talk about that. And then what else do we got here? Just a couple other small announce, news announcements uh, that I'll go over at the end of the show. And then I'll kind of touch on what I've been playing this week. And that's that's what we'll do. We'll wrap it for the show. But before we get to all that, I uh, just want to mention a couple housekeeping things. If you enjoy the show and want to further your support, you can do that through uh, providing a small donation. So this podcast is entirely on my own time and uh, out of my own pocket. And one of the ways that would help grow the show is getting some additional funds to support future episodes. So what you can do is go into the show notes or head over to my Anchor podcast page and hit become a supporter. Basically, you can choose a tier at the $1 a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month, and just toss a couple bucks my way each month uh, to help support the show. One of the things I really wanna do Um, which I haven't been able to do yet because I haven't been able to raise enough funds, is get new recording equipment so that I can have uh, better produced shows. Um, And that's kind of been the highest priority. Then, of course, down the road would obviously look at uh, hoping to get further guests on and just expand the show to a a bigger production, I guess. So um, completely voluntary. The show will continue to be free, so you don't need to donate. But if you'd like to, I would obviously not uh, argue over that. So um, yeah. And then one other thing, the it's just been, I, I feel like a broken record talking about this every single week, but uh, life has been very, very, very busy for me lately uh, between my full-time job and everything going on in my personal life and everything. It's been really difficult to maintain uh, that weekly podcast episode every Tuesday. You notice last week's episode came out on Wednesday. This episode will likely release on Wednesday as well. And it's just because it's it's just uh, finding the time to record is quite difficult because um, because of work and stuff interfering. My schedule is always different every single week. I work shift work, so I don't have 
uh, a day that I can devote to every single week. Sometimes that day could be a Tuesday and the next week could be a Saturday, it's just depending on what days off, how they line up. And then the other thing is generally those days off, I'm, I'm busy doing things, I'm running errands, I'm trying to take care of myself of things on that I wasn't able to do during the work week. So um, yeah, so bear with me. Um, I hope that things will kind of level out and be back to normal or I can really devote um, some time into making some longer podcast episodes. I know that last week's episode was quick and this one will probably be a quick one as well. Um, and that's just because, you know, like I said, it, it's been tough to take the time. Like even when I do record, I don't have a ton of time to devote to record an hour long podcast. Um, and then I also don't have the time to organize uh, a guest to have on. So it's just that's just how the summer is. We're trying to pack as much things as we can into the summer before we have to go back to back to school, back to work, uh, back back in the fall and everything. So. Um, yeah, I, I really do hope that things kind of level out next month or into September. Um, so yeah, just bear with me. I really appreciate the patience and everybody just continuing to come back each and every week and listening to the show. That that means a lot. It motivates me to keep on keep on doing it because in times like this, it is hard to to have the motivation to do that. So I appreciate you guys listening every single week. Now. Enough is enough of all that housekeeping. Let's get into some of the the video game news I wanted to talk about. So the first one was that story on Media Molecule. So this is coming from Robert Purchase over at Eurogamer. Um, And it's Media Molecule wants to pay small teams to make games for dreams. So we've already seen incredible examples of what people can make in dreams. The new PlayStation 4 game by Little Big Planet Studio Media Molecule. Molecule. Someone remade Final Fantasy VII for goodness sake. Dreams editor is a very powerful tool. Just imagine what a whole experienced team could do with it. Snap. Media Molecule has imagined the same thing and gone one step further advertising for outsourced contracted small team help to make content for dreams. Um, So content creators teams, the MM jobs board reads, some of the exciting opportunities we have require the skills of a small professional development team. Are you a small dev team looking to collaborate on something larger or looking for a small project to help fund your next gig? This isn't just normal outsourcing. It is much more about finding teams that want to collaborate with us on content for dreams. We are a little light on requirements as this is an exploratory call out, but needless to say, experience with creating in dreams is required. Applications will open shortly. Dreams is in early access at the moment with a launch plan for some point later this year. When dreams arrives, it will have a full media molecule built campaign to play, but at the moment it doesn't. There are, however, smaller media molecule made games there games there you can play, bolstered by an ever-swelling sea of community-made games. My, what a disgustingly talented lot you are. Um, so this is really, really cool and kind of something that I was curious was going to happen with Dreams. So just a little bit more context for those of you who don't know what Dreams is. Dreams is a PS4 game from the studio behind Little Big Planet, like the article stated. And basically what it does is it allows you to create games 
um, pieces of art inside the game. So it has an editor tool and you're able to go in and create your own games and create your own worlds and levels and that kind of stuff. So it kind of varies. There are some people that have some pretty simple uh, concept games that are out there to play. And then there's the extreme levels of people making like remaking PT or Final Fantasy 7 like the article said as well. And so it, it the possibilities of the things you can create in this editor are, are quite endless. People get extremely creative and have made some really, really cool content. And so um, it's like, like the article said, it's still an early access. So it's about $40, $30 or something like that. And uh, it just gives you access to playing, uh, playing levels and creating levels. Um, my guess was when they were going to re release this game later this year for a full release is what it was going to be is it would have a full release of being able to create games as well as play games. And then I thought something that they could possibly do is look at just releasing a version of the game where you just play the games. You don't create the games because there's a percentage of the people. It's kind of like Super Mario Maker, for example, is there's a lot of people that want to go in and just play the levels or play the games and don't really have any interest in creating them for themselves. And so I thought that was maybe some a route that they were going to go. Of course, there's no official announcement on a release date yet, so we don't even know if that's something that would happen. But um, there was kind of talks about... Um, on some podcasts that I've listened to in the past about Little Big Planet and how uh, that game featured level creators that you could kind of make levels inside Little Big Planet. And there were stories of people who created these levels and actually led them to getting hired at Media Molecule or landing other game development jobs because they could kind of prove that they know how to how to do these things um, and, and do level design. So... Giving the, the opportunity that you're having all these people around the world creating some pretty amazing stuff, I mean, this is a, basically a pool of talent that you could kind of pick from, and so it really makes sense that Media Molecule sees the potential in all these people and wants to outsource them to make some work uh, on Dreams, right? The Dreams took an extremely long time from when it was announced to actually launch into uh, this early access this year. It was a number of years before we actually even got an update on the game. A lot of people thought it was canceled and and, and such, but it, uh, it ended up making its way and uh, it's, it's getting a lot of support. And so I think one of the ways that they can continue growth on the game is taking some of those people from the community, that top talent, and getting them to develop other future things for the game uh, in preparation for it it's like full release. So that's kind of, I think this is a good sign because it's showing that they want some, you know, media molecule, like, like the developed games. Um, and one of the ways they can do that is to outsource that to people who are already familiar with that, um, get, get the best of the best that they can so that when the game fully launches, there's going to be a whole bunch of games that are already built into dreams and available to play it just makes a lot of sense so and on, on the other side it's really cool that you know other people who have just had a passion or hobby of creating games um, could possibly make some money from from making some of these creations now the article did say that it's looking for small development teams so it's probably looking at teams that are already developing video games and already have a foundation in the gaming 
in the game development world. But so it's not like it's just some lucky individual. They are looking for people who do have that experience. But nonetheless, it's it's quite a cool article that I wanted to share with you guys. So uh, moving on to the next article. So this is uh, from Polygon, Owen S. Good. And it's report Nintendo will fix Joy-Cons for free and offer refunds. Um, so Nintendo's policy toward customer reports of Joy-Con drift is to offer a free repair according to an internal memo obtained and reported by Vice. The memo, which Vice said it had seen, says customers are not required to provide proof of purchase and support representatives don't have to check if the product is under warranty. Customers may also request a refund if they paid to repair the controllers too. Confirm the prior repair and then issue a refund, says the memo according to Vice. Officially, Nintendo responded to Vice with the same uh, boilerplate reply it has given since the Joy-Con controversy bubbled up with news of the Nintendo Switch Lite and its permanently attached analog sticks and then boiled over last week with a report in Kotaku. Joy-Con drift is when a game records movement on one of the controller's analog sticks even if they're sitting stationary. Nintendo recently said it was aware of recent reports that some Joy-Con controllers are not responding correctly. The problem is widespread enough to have a class action lawsuit filed against Nintendo of America on behalf of thousands of consumers. The law firm Chimicals, Schwartz, Kreiner, and Donaldson Smith filed the complaint on Friday and says that more than uh, 5,500 Joy-Con users reached out during its investigation of the matter. In the memo, Vice saw customer support reps are also told how to walk callers through troubleshooting steps. But the bottom line is that no charge repairs or refunds for past repairs that didn't work are on the table. As for the Nintendo Switch Lite, customer support reps are instructed to tell callers we expect our hardware to perform as designed and not comment on news of the class auction lawsuit. Polygon has reached out to Nintendo of America again for additional comment, and if any answer is given specific to the Joy-Con issue or the lawsuit, this post will be updated. Um, so this was a really big story from last week about uh, lots of reports coming in about the Joy-Con analog sticks having that drifting issue. I actually even saw some videos of people posting online to show examples of how bad it really was, and it was an issue. This wasn't something that people were exaggerating. And then what happened was that that class action lawsuit, there was that official class action lawsuit that was filed um, that they were essentially suing Nintendo for this issue and not uh, being able to fix it because there's such a big amount of people that were experiencing this problem. And so, um, yeah, like the it's interesting because the, the memo that Vice basically states is that um, that they could just send out replacement Joy-Cons for free um, or offer a refund for the Joy-Con without checking that thing. But then when uh, they Nintendo responded to Vice with kind of the same response that they had given before um, or just as the Joy-Con controversy was, was coming up. So it's kind of like a weird... The article is, is a little confusing you know, as to, so there's this memo, but 
that Vice has reported on, but then there's no real official uh, comment from Nintendo, right? Polygon reached out to Nintendo to get clarification and stuff, but it still wasn't really clarified. But at the very least, I think that's probably the best approach that Nintendo can take for this is that there clearly is a big issue with this. And it's not just like a small collection of people who have Nintendo Switch that are having this problem. This is something that thousands of people have reported. And so the best way to do that is to, yeah, definitely offer people's monies back. And it's difficult because when you have so many people like that, you can't necessarily ask for, um, you know, proof of purchase and that kind of stuff because it is, there's so many people going through that process with every single people person, sorry, would take forever. Uh, so I guess the, the way to kind of sunset this issue as quickly as possible is just give everybody that's reporting this a free Joy-Con replacement or give them their money back um, and then move forward and ensure that their Joy-Cons that are out on the shelf aren't going to continue to have this problem. And then, yeah, that, that strategy will hopefully kind of, I think, I think that that's kind of fair, right? Um, if, if they were expected the consumer to pay for a problem that was clearly on Nintendo's end, that, that would really backfire. So Nintendo really is kind of backed into a corner, has no choice but to, to go this route. So um, I'm glad that they're deciding to, to go that route instead of making things worse because um, sometimes companies do that when uh, big issues like this arise. So at any rate, if you are experiencing Joy-Con issues, uh, you should maybe look into that because uh, there is a possibility that you you might be able to get a replacement for free. Um, so yeah, uh, next article is from Sam Bishop over at GameReactor.com or .eu, sorry. Um, so the Fortnite World Cup competition is starting this week and Microsoft is celebrating the occasion with the reveal of a Fortnite special edition controller for the Xbox One, previously only available with the Xbox One S Fortnite Battle Royale special edition bundle. You can see what's included down below as the controller comes with the legendary Dark Vertex outfit and 500 V-Bucks and you can get all of this on September 17th. Um, it's going to be $64.99 US dollars. As for the World Cup itself, this takes place from July 27th to 28th and hosts 200 of the best players in New York City with 300 million US dollars at stake in the prize pool. That's insane. Uh, in other Fortnite news, a giant fight kicked off last weekend between the robot being built in the map and huge monsters that invaded. So things are definitely heating up before Season 10 starts on August 1st. So yeah, this controller is the purple controller that came with the Fortnite Xbox One S bundle earlier this year. Um, and so yeah, I'm glad that they are releasing this kind of separately. I the, This model that Fortnite has gone, because the, the game is obviously free to play, you don't sell it in a box on the shelf. Um, so I, I think it's cool that they are taking things like where you can buy skins and packs and come come with these additional things because it kind of gives an opportunity for, you know, if it's a kid's birthday or Christmas is coming up to give something like a tangible piece of hardware or something, physically give something to the kid that relates to the game that they enjoy playing, right? Um, on another note, I just think this controller looks really awesome. I love that it's purple. Um, when I saw this console released, I'm like, man, if only that... I could get that Xbox One controller just on its own. Now I can, which is really, really cool. So 
Um, yeah, not a, a big article by any means, but just a little update. If you saw that Fortnite controller, it's now going to be available to purchase on standalone, which is really, really cool. So that's all the news stories uh, that I had this week that I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, sorry. No, there was a couple other things I wanted to talk about. My bad. I'm jumping the gun here. Uh, it's because I didn't mention them and put them on the top of the list um, at the beginning of the show. Uh, so this article is actually one I wrote for KingGamer.com. It was a news release, um, and it's about Tim Willits announcing his departure from id Software. So this was announced last week, so it's a little bit old news by now, but I did want I had some comments around it, uh, some personal thoughts. So again, this is from me over at KingGamer.com. So longtime id Software employee Tim Willits has announced that he'll be leaving the company. The studio director posted on Twitter earlier today publicizing his resignation. The tweet can be seen below. So after 24 years, I've decided to leave id Software after QuakeCon. I've been extremely lucky to work with the best people in the industry on a truly amazing games. QuakeCon has been an unbelievable part of my journey, and I look forward to seeing everyone at the Gaylord Texan, which is where... Um, QuakeCon is taking place. So Willits joined id Software in 1995 as a result of creating custom levels for Doom that were uploaded over the internet. His expertise in level design was continued with such with titles such as Strife, Quake, Quake 2, Quake 3 Arena, and Doom 3. Willits was eventually promoted to studio director overseeing major franchises like Rage and Doom. His long list of work makes him one of the most notable game designers in the video game industry. As for the current work at id Software, Willits has ensured fans that development is in good hands and will not affect any planned releases. Doom Eternal, the latest entry in the first-person shooter franchise, is scheduled to release on November 22, 2019. Willits has stated that he'll announce his future plans after the conclusion of QuakeCon, which wraps up on July 28th. So, this is a big deal because Tim Willits is a kind of a, a veteran and icon when it comes to first-person shooters. He joined id Software way back in 1995 as being a fan of the Doom series. He would go and make his own custom Doom levels and kind of share them over the internet, upload them so people could play them. And he really impressed the, the people behind at, at uh, id Software and was actually brought on. And um, so it's just kind of a cool success story of this guy who basically started from that and eventually made his his way up to studio director where he is basically directing all these major projects uh you know doom eternal rage 2 more recently um the other doom so it's it's kind of like it's a big deal uh for someone who has had such a long career and is known for working at that studio and kind of revolutionize revolutionized games you think all these games have one thing in common uh, you know, Quake and Doom, and that is their their level that they have impacted multiplayer gaming in, in the first-person shooter. Uh, Quake especially is uh, very famous for making a big impact on the first-person shooter genre, especially when it comes to online multiplayer. And uh, even Doom, some of the best first-person shooter mechanics from the very first game to even today, they continue to kind of set this gold standard of what a first-person shooter is supposed to be. And obviously, Tim Willits isn't the only one responsible for that. There's lots of people at id Software that are responsible for those kinds of things. But Tim Willits has played a very large role in that over the years. And uh, yeah, it's very surprising to see him kind of leave that to go and do something else. So 
of course, he hasn't mentioned what he's done yet. It's not July 28th. My, I, I, I'm fully expecting um, that he's going to announce that he's working at another studio. Um, I, I don't believe he's going to announce that he has started his own studio. Now, a lot of developers have done that in the past where they have worked for a certain company for a long period of time and then they eventually them and maybe some of their their co-workers leave to kind of go and create their own studio we look at you know respawn entertainment and how that studio was born and how titanfall was created uh from veterans in the first person shooter genre who had worked you know at infinity ward i believe is infinity ward but i worked on previous call of duty games and that stuff so yeah, it, it's interesting. I would love to see him having some sort of deal with Google Stadia. Maybe he's coming to Google Stadia to to work at one of their first-party studios that they have yet to announce, and maybe he's going to be a studio director there. I'm not really sure. Maybe he's getting out of gaming completely to maybe do something a little more low-key. I don't know, but at any rate, it, it's, it was a, a long, successful career for him, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to take the time to, to talk about that. A lot of people probably don't know or don't really care about that kind of stuff, but it is really important that we look at the people who are behind making the games and and talk about them as well. So yeah, uh, I think we're going to conclude the show for this week. I think we're kind of roughly about the same as last week's episode. Um before I send off, I will mention that uh, what I've been playing recently, uh, I finally picked up Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Nintendo Switch. I don't know if I announced... I think I bought that after I recorded the last episode, so I don't think I've talked about it yet on the show. But at any rate, the game's fantastic. I don't know why I waited so long to finally get that game, but it is awesome. Uh, I've been playing it with Ming quite a bit, and it, it's, it is the best kart racer like i haven't played a lot of mario kart games since mario kart Ooh. so the last mario kart game i owned was mario kart 8 which obviously was an extremely long time ago uh, but i have played like double dash and i played the one on the wii um and i played a couple on ds and three no just ds and um this game yeah it, it has so many awesome tracks from the previous games and I was a little worried that this game wouldn't be fun by myself, that it was going to be a party game games that I would have to play with other people around and stuff. But honestly, the game is fun, just is just as much fun in multiplayer as it is in, sorry, it is just as fun in single player as it is in multiplayer playing online. So um, I really like it. I love being able to unlock new cards and that kind of stuff. I don't know how many more I have to unlock. I've been playing it kind of exclusively lately but um yeah really enjoying that i hope to stream that over on my twitch channel uh of course you can head over to my social media accounts either on facebook or twitter or instagram and wait for updates on that whenever i go live on there i, I generally post on there so i do hope to stream that game later this week again if i can maybe find the time for it it's just time time is not on my side lately and it's been really hard to do those things um and so, yeah, that's really all I've been had time to play um, because everything else that I want to play right now, I just, again, don't have the time, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, that's this week's episode. Sorry that it's kind of lackluster, but 
Um, that's that's what happens. I hope you guys understand. Um, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Make sure you subscribe and leave a re- review. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a review because those kind of things go very far in the podcast world. Um, yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. I hope you enjoy your week. Um, I don't know what my schedule is looking like, so I do hope to get the podcast up on Tuesday. If not, it should be around Tuesday, either on Wednesday or Thursday next week. Uh, I promise that we'll try to get a more regimented schedule for you guys so you're not kind of left in the dark on when the episodes are going to go live. But uh, yeah, enjoy your week, play all the games, and we'll talk to you guys later. See you later.